deep in London's beating heart lies a wall. I'd like to it be if you know the call. For if the wall steps aside, be not afraid of what you see. Cause the wizard world is opened up as has the Griffin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Shriekcast, no longer a Harry Potter reread podcast. I am your host, ZC. And I'm Liz. And Liz, hmm, I have a. I, wouldn't, I don't want to say an awkward question, but maybe just, you know, a, a strange audio-related question. Sure. How's, how are my mouth noises? Hmm. Uh, um, it's just that crystal clear audio quality. <laughs> right? But it doesn't sound like you're talking into one of those, like, ASMR ear microphones. No. Okay. Okay, that's good. So I I have been I have been in like audio hell recently. Um, I've been rearranging my cables. I've been messing with my compressors. I've been thinking that I might need to get some new XLR cables, maybe a new mic. It's 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 been bad. I've I've been stressing about audio stuff because uh, every time I've been editing podcasts lately. I've been noticing just like weird stuff with my audio. And one of them is that my uh, when I treat the audio, sometimes my mouth sounds incredibly wet and like mm. nasty. And so like we, we, we're we we're a beverages show. We're beverage fans here. That's right. And apparently that happens if, you know, like like other than the microphone picking it up, that just happens if you're not like drinking enough while talking so i'm gonna be i'm gonna be making use of all three beverages here beverage check what you drinking okay i've got a glass of water just the normal normal style vanilla water Mm -hmm. i've got a sun-kissed zero orange soda the taste of summer the taste of summer orange soda the taste of summer it's delightful um and then i've got a backup glass of water for when I run out of the first glass of water, but the third one has a squirt of Mio in it. Uh, oh, okay. Like, I was going to say, I don't think you can say you have three beverages and then give me two water, but the Mio, yeah. that makes it three beverages. Yeah, I've, I've, I've put a little spin on it. There's a little bit, a little bit, a little bit extra in the, in the last water. Yeah. What flavor? Uh, fruit punch. Great. That's that's a that's just a classic flavor. That's just a normal ass good flavor for a beverage to be. I made a big mistake and I did not actually grab just regular water. So I have a um a ginger lemonade kombucha from Costco, so it's Kirkland brand and it's quite good, but I've I've had about half of it so far, so I might be the one making like wet mouth noises halfway oh, through no. or so. Well, I know. If if we need to pause for you to go and go and collect more beverages, that's fine. That's that's a worthy a worthy cause if you need to run and get a bev. Yeah, no, it's it's fine because um the people are all here to hear our mouth noises, also known as that's words. Right. That's 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 the ultimate mouth sound right there <laughs> is the 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 sacred word. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, if you've been listening to these, because the thing is, is that like I. I don't like I don't like do tons and tons and tons of editing, at least like content wise. Like I will I will chop stuff if I'm like stuck on a thought and I'm just like going in circles. I'll maybe cut my uh, my meandering a little bit. I might cut that that I just said there. Just, you know, just do some trimming on like the ums and ahs and whatnot. Mm hmm. 
but we're doing long podcasts. We're doing like two, three hour podcasts most of the time. And I can't like go through and listen to every single thing. And if I hear like a nasty mouth sound from myself, I will cut it. But if uh, if I don't catch it, if you're getting like ASMR, like slurp noises or whatever, my apologies. Some people watch that stuff on purpose. Some people do. That's true. I, I, I'm not a, I'm not an ASMR head. Are you, are you? It doesn't work on me, whatever it is. I believe in it and I respect it, but it just doesn't work for me. Yeah. It's, there's enough of it out there where I'm like, well, yeah, obviously this is, this is working for someone. I, I, but I, I've never, never had that myself. Nope. Uh, I like, I like four hour videos of people fixing a watch or like a soda machine or something. That's my, right. that's my ASMR. Yeah. Well, speaking of content, we 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 don't have much news this week, but we do have a little bit, I guess, of like Schadenfreude to enjoy. I suppose is the best way to put it. Um, in 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 the uh, Wizarding World adjacent space, uh, with the release of the it's not even the release; it's the rebranding of HBO Max to just Max, which is where WB is putting all of their hog shit these days right it's been really stupid and it just made me think of the think of checking in on the old wizarding world how are they doing you know you know bad form to be looking up you know looking up old enemies or whatever on 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 facebook but that's sort of what i've been doing here yeah yeah um when you hear max what do you think of what's your association for that Mostly it just makes me think of like maximum. Like, oh, it's maximum. Oh, like maximum ride? Perhaps like maximum ride. The ultimate YA series. That was my whole joke. <laughs> I thought it was I, I thought it was a segue. I thought you were nope. a segue and I was like, okay, I'm giving you the giving you the baton. Nope, <laughs> oh, God, that was we, it. We got we got to read some more maximum ride. That's right. Maybe maybe between Hunger Games books we could we should do like a one-off episode of just like one of the whole books. Yeah, because they take like two minutes to read. Yeah, well, because I want to. I've I've been ta- talking about this ever since I read that like one chapter at Christmas of the one that you got me. Hmm. I'm mean, like, damn, so much shit happened in that first chapter. Yeah, well, I think we're in trouble because I recently did a big bookshelf organization project where I like got rid of a bunch of old books, and I think that the third one might be in my get rid of pile. Oh no! I know it's hardcover and everything. <laughs> uh, making room for new books or making room for like other stuff? Uh, making room for new books, but really, it looks more like making room for the books that I have so I don't have too many <laughs> do you I, I guess I guess I'm cheating here because I like I saw what the your like bookshelf looked like this weekend or whatever but like mm-hmm. are you a like stacking books sideways on top of the other books when it gets too yes you know, too full yeah yes and that was sort oh, of what yeah. I fixed <laughs> yeah that's that's me as well um but yeah, so so Max has 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 destroyed for whatever reason they've decided that the branding of HBO, the thing that everyone sort of respects, is like yeah, that's probably good TV on there. Um, they got rid of that, and now it's just Max. And uh, I couldn't help but notice when I was browsing uh, uh, this weekend to watch the latest episode of Succession that they have 
got some new categories on there. Uh-oh. Specifically, there's collection pages now where you can go and, like, look at all of a thing on one page. You know, like, the whole, here's all the Batman stuff it wanted me to look at. Here's all of the Game of Thrones stuff. And one of them is, of course, all the Wizarding World stuff that they have, because that is where that stuff lives. But because there's not many Wizarding World shows or movies, it's all links to other stuff Hmm. that it thinks you might like if you like uh, Harry Potter. Great. Uh, Would you you like to know some of the categories here? I would. For the Courageous Gryffindors is one of them. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, and it has Samurai Jack. <laughs> okay. Spirited away for some reason. Uh, the Elvis movie from last year. Huh. And Fast and Furious 9. I am not going to fall for the trap of like trying to recategorize these. I no. simply will not do it. Let's just let's it just... goes against all of my <laughs> all of my instincts to just be like, well, actually, but I won't. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the ambitious Slytherins, we of course have Game of Thrones, Rick and Morty, and yes, No Country for Old Men. For some huh. reason, I mean, great movie. But That's a good one. For loyal Hufflepuffs, we have Adventure Time, Friends, and <laughs> the Lego Movie. It's a little condescending. Yeah, that's a little, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> oh, and also uh, a, a, a thing that appears to just link to, like, a wallpaper video that's called A World of Calm. Okay. So it's just, like, videos of, uh, like, the ocean and stuff. And then finally, for the Wise Ravenclaws, we have True Detective, Perry Mason, and Doctor Who. That's just dreadful. <laughs> That's just dreadful what you've told me. <laughs> That's just really nasty. Makes me feel bad and 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 grimy. Uh, but uh, God bless him. Good luck to him, I guess. Um, you uh, you were poking around the Wizarding World a little bit today. What did you find? I did. I found um, a little bit of a throwback uh, that reminded me of um, that great 3D pin experience that we had. Yes. Uh, oh that my was God. such an incredible surprise where it was like, I mean, it's all in browser, right? But it's like you're in a, you know, 360 degree room and you can like twirl around and see all the pins in virtual space. Um, well, they've done that for all of their merch now. So you can go in and, like, scroll around and see all the merch on, like, fake shelves. And there's, like, weird little dobbies around. It's very funny. It's, it's, it looks so cheap. Like, the, 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 the pins one was, like, kind of, like, it was really silly, but it was, like, kind of expensive looking. Like, all the pins were modeled and stuff. Mm -hmm. This is, like... There's like a JPEG of Dobby that's like really poorly <laughs> cut out. Yeah. <laughs> There's you sent me like a video you took of like the the trunk that they sell where you can get your your initials customized on mm-hmm. it. Um but it was like spinning like an item in Doom. Like a, <laughs> yeah. like a health pickup. It Yeah. They're They're uh 
They're running out of ideas over there. They're not doing well. There was that one like feature that they have that's like muggle on the street and they're like interviewing oh, people at the Wizarding World, like being like, are you excited for new Harry Potter? And the people that are at the Wizarding World, they're like, yes, we are excited about the new <laughs> Harry Potter. Could could you last like if 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 we were whisked away by some magical force to to there, could we survive like that would be our fucking Hunger Games if we had to survive at the Wizarding World uh, theme park for like half an hour, I think I would be able to make it. Just I already to... don't like theme parks, but no, we would be escorted out for sure. Yeah. <laughs> within within minutes, surely. <laughs> it's so pathetic it's really nasty but uh i i did have to tear myself away because i didn't want to do like a you know it's it's fun to check back in and sort of gawk at that stuff but i didn't want to do like a harry potter news segment you know like like not not like a full update or anything yeah Um, we're over that shit no no deep dives but uh i did i you know i've i've been i've been thinking about how do we do our like beloved third segment stuff, our, our, our games, our articles, our deep dives, etc., without spoiling critical plot stuff for ourselves? Because because this is a new format for us, I guess, where we're both reading a book we haven't read before mm-hmm. or haven't absorbed. Like, like, you know, I'd not read Twilight, but like I'd absorbed enough to like not feel bad about spoilers. Right. Um. But I think I think I've hit on something here, uh, because there are a lot of uh, Hunger Games inspired books. I'll be generous and say, right? Mm-hmm. And there are enough of them that I have compiled a list of a bunch of them, and I have written some fake ones. Ooh. Uh, and so I think at least for a few episodes here, I've got the material for us to play a little game where I read you three descriptions of a Hunger Games inspired YA novel. And you tell me whether which one is the fake out of out of the out of the three. Uh, I think so. I'm worried that I'm going to have a little bit of an advantage because we did look at that Goodreads list of Hunger Games alikes. So here's here's what's delightful about this. I found a couple of lists also similar to that, where it was a list of like, here's stuff that is like the Hunger Games. Uh, and it had stuff I had never heard of before. Perfect. As, and and specifically, I think we're not on that list that we read earlier on. I think also um, to to not my credit. I don't remember anything that we read. Like, it just was in one ear and out the other. So I think we're good. But, like, could you name, like, like, well, like what, are the, what are the Hunger Games rip-off books that you know off the top of your head? Divergent. Maze mm-hmm. Runner. Mm-hmm. I can picture the cover of the one of the girl in, like, the white ball gown. But I don't know what it's called or what it's about. I don't think that one's ringing a bell. For me, I swear it had like a very funny premise. Was it Model Land? Is it the maybe? I can't look up the Hunger Games like list now right. because that'll yeah, ruin no. the game. But yeah, 
One of yeah. those. Okay. Uh, well, I am ready to read you three very plausible sounding uh, Hunger Games alike premises. And I'm going to need you to tell me which one is the fake one out of the list. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. So number one is matched by Ali Condi. In the society, officials decide who you love, where you work, when you die. Cassia has always trusted their choices. It's hardly any price to pay for a long life, the perfect job, and the ideal mate. So when her best friend appears on the matching screen, Cassian knows with complete certainty that he is the one, until she sees another face flash in it for an instant before the screen fades to black. Now Cassia is faced with impossible choices between Xander and Kai, between the only life she's ever known and a path no one has ever dared follow, between perfection and passion. That's a fanfic special right there. I believe uh-huh. in that one 100%. Okay. You ready for number two? I am. All right. This is The Range by Derek Dubois. The island provides, but what will you give in return? Climate change has brought ruin to much of the continent. Once great cities are now overrun by bandits, thieves, and street gangs. And if they don't get you, the government will. If you're lucky, they'll kill you. If not, they'll take you to the island. Today, Diana Nightingale was not lucky. She survived on the mean streets of the metropolis for 17 years, but her skills have caught the eye of a wealthy benefactor. The island is a tropical paradise for the ultra-rich owners of the few surviving megacorporations. Their primary export? Weapons. Weapons that Diana and 12 other contestants will be testing on each other in an underground trade show called The Bidding War. And this is a live-fire exercise. I hope that's real. I thought All that right. it was going to turn into like a like a billionaire romance type thing. Like I thought there was going to be a twist there that was like wealthy benefactor. Um, so, but maybe it could be that anyway. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You ready for number three? I am. Delirium by Lauren Oliver. Before scientists found the cure, people thought love was a good thing. They didn't understand that once love, the deliria, blooms in your blood, there is no escaping its hold. Things are different now. Scientists are able to eradicate love, and the government demands that all citizens receive the cure upon turning 18. Lena Holloway has always looked forward to the day when she'll be cured. A life without love is a life without pain. Safe, measured, predictable, and happy. But with 95 days left until her treatment, Lena does the unthinkable. She falls in love. Wow. (laughs) All right. So. These all sound extremely plausible. Yeah. And and these are, none of them were ones that I, like, recognized. No. They're... Like there's there's of course the maze runners and the cetera of the world, but there there was much much more out there for me to find. Part of me thinks it's number two, but I feel mm-hmm. like it's like number two is way too complex. Like mm-hmm. it's just like complete absurdity, right? Like there's so <laughs> many elements happening all at once that I have to feel like it's real. Like someone spent a lot of time 
thinking of all of the elements that they were going to put into their story. It's I got think- a lot of it's got a lot of like I like working on this story for a long time energy. Yeah, yeah. Um number 1, remind me a little bit what that's about. In the it society, was- officials decide who you love, where you work and when you die. Right. And she's faced with the impossible choice between Xander and Kai on the I just believe, screen. I, be- I believe that one's real, 100%. Okay. So I think that just leaves number three that I think is fake. The, 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 that you can get a vaccination that, that cures you of being able to love. <laughs> yeah, did you make that? <laughs> I am so sorry. Number two was the one that I wrote. <laughs> he worked really hard on that. There, there were too many elements. <laughs> the range by Derek Dubois is fake. That, that was me. I was Derek Dubois. <laughs> so you put a little bit of that uh, billionaire I, romance in there. I, 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 I was so sure. So I put wealthy benefactor in there, and I swear to God. When I when I wrote this, I was like, I need to delete that. That's too that's gonna be too much of a giveaway if there's like also a billionaire <laughs> romance. That Jeez. just made me believe in it more. <laughs> I was like, of course, of course someone has thought I'm gonna write the Hunger Games, but with some billionaire romance in them. <laughs> I nearly did I can't believe that's what saved me there. I was like Surely. Yeah, I was sold. Absolutely. <laughs> no, the the I I could not believe that the cure for love one was real when I found it either. I that was really really funny. Delirium by Lauren wow. Oliver. A whole a whole series. I think it's a trilogy. We've got um, yeah, Delirium is number one. Then Pandemonium, the explosive second book of the Delirium trilogy, brings us a new Lena. Strong, fierce, and defiant, but the chaos of a loveless world will lead her into the fight of her life. Wow. Third one, Requiem. Oh my god, so the third one is Requiem, the shocking final book of the Delirium trilogy, and then there's also a fourth book that's that's like a collection of novellas. There's novellas in here as well. This this is a, a... a fleshed out world. I love novellas. Novella is the perfect length, so I respect this series. Yeah, uh, it's got Hannah, Annabelle, Raven, and Alex. Uh, this is so good. I love just. I'm gonna send you the the page here. Just this. Do you is, think there's this like is, an anti-vax angle to this, or do you I think wonder, it's just accidental? I think it's accidental because it's I think these are from like 2008 or something. Sure. But but I mean, I guess, you know, there have been people who were anti-vax before COVID. But uh, I mean, the tagline of the book is dare to choose. And if it's about a vaccination that makes you not be able to fall in love anymore, I'm like, (laughs) I think it's probably an accident. I think it's probably an accident, but it's it's very specific, isn't it? It is. I do not want to besmirch, you know? No, absolutely not. <laughs> oh, and then Matched, uh, also real. Uh, I guess sort of another... That, that, that's the fanfic one. We've got the, um, uh, the Matchmakers. Uh, 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 that's, a, that's a classic 
uh, uh, fanfic style, right? That's uh, oh yeah, the the soulmate, the prescribed soulmate, uh, and various twists upon that, right? I wonder if that one spawned out of Hunger Games fan fiction or like Twilight or Harry Potter fan fiction did. Yeah, I wonder. Uh, it it because it, it's so specifically in that fan fiction format that I'm like, hmm, maybe. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's that's our first round of the of of detecting the uh, the fake Hunger Games. Novels. I can't believe I didn't get it. I I'm so uh, I I can't believe that the billionaire romance nod saved me. I was sure that that was that would be too much. I was sure that that would be the giveaway. Well, now you got to write it and make a million dollars. I've got to write the range. <laughs> Let's get the range lore cooking. <laughs> okay, uh, I would love to spend a whole episode doing that, but we've got some real Hunger Games chapters to discuss. Do. Let's do it. Um, my summary this week is kind of long because I feel like a lot happened Like as I went back and started writing it down. So... Um, uh, so here we go. Um, Hunger Games Chapter 8. Um, after Katniss loses her temper at the game makers and shoots that arrow through the, the apple in the pig's mouth or whatever, um, she she is leaving the room and panic is starting to set in. Um, she wonders if she'll be arrested, executed, her family will be punished, etc. Um, and she basically runs back to her room and hides for the rest of the day, ignoring everyone until dinner time. Uh, we learn that each tribute is granted a score out of 12 for their performance uh, for the game makers and that the score will have an effect on getting sponsors. Katniss worries that she will have at the very least a low score. Um, at dinner, Peta tells them that he doesn't think he was very impressive um, throwing like heavy balls around in front of the game makers. Um, uh, and Katniss uh, fesses up to what she did and Hamish thinks it's pretty funny. Um, it's time for scoring and Katniss scores an 11, um, which is the highest score of all of the tributes. Uh, Peta does okay too. I think he gets a seven or something. Uh, Rue gets a surprisingly good score. So Katniss wonders what kind of tricks she's got up her sleeve. Um, the next day Katniss thinks about Gale and how much she misses him. Um, we get a flashback of her meeting Gale for the first time and learn that their dads died in the same mining accident. Um, she thinks that um, the relationship that she has to pretend to have with Peta is like what she actually had with Gale. Um, at breakfast uh, the next day, Haymitch tells Katniss a bombshell. Peta has asked that they be trained separately. Um, and then this is chapter nine. Um, Katniss feels betrayed by Peta's request to be trained separately, but also good riddance to their fake relationship. Um, today will be spent on training for their upcoming televised interviews. For the first half of the day, Katniss will spend her time with Effie and the second half with Hamish. Effie is supposed to be teaching her how to present herself, um, and that kind of includes walking in high heels, poise, posture, that sort of thing. Uh, Katniss is really frustrated by her lessons with Effie, especially when she is told that she has to always be smiling. Uh, Effie explains to her that she has to pretend, just as Effie is pretending to smile at Katniss even when she's mad at her. Next up is Haymitch's lesson, uh, which is supposed to be about content um, of the interview. And unfortunately, Haymitch can't seem to find an angle with Katniss and decides she has no charisma. Uh, Katniss returns to her rooms and, enraged by her apparent failure at her lesson, smashes a dish and cuts her hand. Uh, the redheaded Avox girl from earlier that Katniss recognized from the um, hovercraft helicopter harpoon incident um, comes and helps her like clean the cut on her hand. Um, and Katniss tries to apologize to her 
Um, and the girl gestures to indicate that it's okay and Katniss just would have been killed or, or Avox too if she had tried to help her um, way back when. Um, it's the next day and it's time for interviews. Um, Cinna styles Katniss in a dress that is covered in jewels and looks like flames as it catches the light. She tells him about her failure in training and he's got a new strat for her. Since she considers him something like a friend, she should just find him in the audience and be honest as if she were talking to him. For the interview, each tribute gets three minutes. Katniss has to go second to last. We get some glimpses of some of the other tributes interviews. Uh, Rue says something about being hard to catch uh, and to not underestimate her. There was a boy who answers only with single words and seems intimidating. Um, there's another girl who Katniss thinks is like her whole strategy is being hot. Um, it's finally Katniss's turn. She's super nervous, but she listens to Cinna and does great in her interview and is very charming. Um, and she even does a little twirl for the audience. Um, next up, it's Peta's turn. He is very charming as well and does a whole baker's son routine and tells some jokes. The crowd loves him. Finally, the host prods him about having a crush back home, and he says that he does have a crush, but it will never work out because the girl he has a crush on came to the Hunger Games with him. It's Katniss. <gasps> That's the end of our chapters. Gasp. Gasp. I know. Uh, these are by far, I think, my favorite chapters we've gotten so far. Yes, I think these ones made the book click with me more so than it has so far. So pretty good. The, the one-two punch of the silliness of the last two, and then this one also being silly, but also having a little bit more of that, like, it, like this is a, such a weird pull, but like, like 2000 AD comic Judge Dredd style, like, dark comedy about this shitty future. Mm-hmm. Now that we've got uh, we, we've we've got the Caesar character in who's a lot of fun and just the whole idea of this like ridiculous like late night show where he's interviewing the people who are going to the battle royale. We've got a little bit more character work for Effie and Haymitch that I really appreciated. That was a lot mm-hmm. of fun. And this PETA thing just making it out loud just making that like a stake in the story their their like romantic relationship is so it's just a layer of like really saucy drama that i think the story def- definitely needed i I'm, I'm the tone is clicking with me here yeah i think it had a little like there's a the horror of the situation really worked on me here um because i feel as I'm reading it, so bought into these like other characters. And then the whole time you sort of have to remind yourself that you're like gearing up to go to a fight to the death uh, with children. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's, it, it puts you in tune with Katniss, right? Because that's sort of what she's going through as well. Yeah. And Katniss to the book's credit, I think she's finally uh, out of her element entirely in this chapter. Um, Mm -hmm. and wrong about a lot of stuff, like in the moment in it, like uh, we have been so, uh, worried, I think both of us about like Katniss's like story observation intuition, right. Where she's Mm -hmm. like able to identify elements of like story and theming and whatnot and like relay them to us. This felt so much more like I was reading a character's take on a situation than anything that we've gotten so far, I think. Yeah. Um, Because she's, like, missing stuff. I mean, like, there there is a real... 
and, and maybe this is me reading reading too far in on, on this, you know, uh, uh, buying in a little bit too much here. But like, do you get the sense that the great tragedy in this chapter is that Katniss, for for as for as like overwhelmed as she is by this, I don't think she knows just how bad things are for her here, right? Yeah. Like, this scoring thing, the fact that she scored well, being a relief for her, uh, like doing well at the interview, like there's, there's, you know, another shoe will is going to drop that she is not thinking about at all here, right? Like, yeah, I. That's why it's so. It's like it's scary, right? It's yes. scary to read it. It's scary to read her buying into it. And as the reader buying into it as well, and that just kind of like heart stopping feeling of knowing mm-hmm. that that other shoe is coming. Yeah, she she is like completely missing this thing that uh, we we identified and talked about a little bit in the earliest chapters. Um, but this like uh, this surprise that she's feeling at like how her like antics are popular with the crowd. Right. Or mm-hmm. like how people are, uh, she's having to had have explained to her that like, Oh, people are really responding to you being like from, from district 12. And like, you're, you know, you have this like sense of defiance about you and, Oh, they love, they love all your answers. And, and, uh, the game makers thought it was so good that you shot the apple out of the pig's mouth. Right. (laughs) And it's like, yeah, like they are like you, like they think you are a really cool toy. Yeah. They're Uh, killing you for sport. (laughs) Yeah, and like, like you are giving them exactly the reactions that like make that fun for them. Uh, I'm I'm loving this stuff, right? Yeah, like this, yeah. This this is her her just like not quite getting it that like it's not, probably not a good thing that her 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 like little attention grabbing thing with the game makers worked. <laughs> that's like real like the eye of sauron's on you now like like mm-hmm. you you just drew aggro this is bad yeah yeah i i just i really appreciate this sort of clearer statement of the stakes here um and also finally i feel like katniss the character is not just like along for the ride for the story you know mm-hmm but yeah, just just she's missing stuff. She's miss she's missing all these things where it's like, yeah, no, like like uh, acting rebellious in a controlled environment will make you popular, and the capital will find a way to capitalize on that. And that that is, you know, that's a tale as old as time for like, uh, like famous punks and activists and musicians, like any, you know, like 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 we have seen that in real life time and time again, and and Katniss being in the middle of it and just going like, phew, I got a good score. They don't hate me. It's just like, oh no, Katniss, you're so... <laughs> Get out of there. <laughs> it's great. Uh, just, 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 just uh, like from top level, just so much more engaged and like excited about this chapter than I have been with the previous ones. Yeah, me too. This is skipping ahead a bit, but I think, I think we've been doing well kind of like talking about maybe the character stuff first and then the plot stuff second here. Mm-hmm. What related to that, related to Katniss 
finally uh, getting things wrong and missing stuff and, and, and being out of, her, out of her depth. Do you think PETA is running a game or do you think that he is genuine here? I feel I mean, that's part of the mystery, right? That's so fun because it's like, did he go into that content meeting with Haymitch and that was the angle they came up with, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that like, like, is this his wrestling angle? It's so uh, like, like, ah, mm. everything's coming together here. I'm just so curious about that. And like him, uh, there's a I I think the best undercutting of Katniss's like ability to like read her own story is in that scene right after we find out that PETA has requested that they be trained separately and she sort of like runs down this list of like, well, why is he doing that? And sort of like logics it out. And she has a lot of ideas, but none of them are. This is bad for me. Right. Which is so just very ominous. Like, like she has sort of lost the ability. She's, she's already like let her defenses down here a little bit, I think, mm-hmm. uh, in a way that's that's going to start getting stressful, I think. Very exciting. Um, similar to the, um, gosh, what was the line? It was like, I guess I had paid attention to the boy with the bread. I had been keeping track of the boy with the bread. Yeah. And in this one we get, but the boy who risked a beating to give me bread. (laughs) (laughs) She's, there's still no getting around that her internal monologue can be really, really, (laughs) she's a, She's got some interesting turns of phrase. <laughs> that one, that one's really, uh, really good. Um, uh, but I, I, I just, I love, I, I finally this, this drama is real and is happening, and and I'm, I'm so glad that we, I now have a reason to, because like, the Peta and Katniss thing was so, like it. We, they were walking us through every step of it for most of these chapters to a point where there was no drama because other than wondering whether PETA was being genuine about following along with it, there was no mystery there. It was like, we we are doing this to, to trick people. Um, and now that the main character is finally in the dark about something, it just changes the whole the whole. Uh, feeling of the story, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I'm, I, I'm gushing about that stuff a little bit, but it was, it, God, it was just such a relief reading these and being like, oh, finally, some real fucking drama here. Yeah, yeah. Um. Uh, what's uh, what do you take? What's your take on um, the scoring explanation, though, because I will say, as much as I think that these chapters are a massive improvement, there was a little bit of me that was like, uh oh, this is a bit wobbly at the beginning <laughs> because the scoring explanation is like the most out of nowhere thing we've gotten so far. I think I'm too stupid for this book. <laughs> I, I'm gonna like attribute it to us reading two chapters a week. Totally. And then sometimes taking a week off versus mm-hmm. if I was reading this book on my own time, I would have read it in two days, right? Right. Yeah. 
So it would have all like come together in a in a different way, right? But I mm-hmm. cannot wrap my head around this like scoring and sponsorship situation that they've got going. Yeah. So the sponsorship stuff has been floated a few times and like I <laughs> We still don't exactly know what it is in the novel. I, I've i just sort of vaguely assumed it's like sports team sponsorship, but I don't understand why that, ma- like what you get out of that. Um, and we were talking about it this morning, and I think I had a revelation about the, 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 the sponsorship thing, mm-hmm. which is that I think that this book came out so close to Gladiator being a movie that was, like, part of everyone's cultural memory that everyone would un- would understand that it was, like, Gladiators in, uh, uh, in, 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 like, Roman Empire times when you had a sponsor who, like, bought your weapons and training and stuff. Like... Oh, Hunger my... Games times. Right, yeah, in, in real Hunger Games times. Yeah, see, I don't know shit about that, Um, and it's been a long time since I saw Gladiator, (laughs) and I'm reading this two chapters at a time over weeks and weeks, so (laughs) I'm having trouble with this part. The the sponsor thing, I will, like, at least, I'm giving the book, because it's like, yeah, we're reading it in sort of an odd pace just for the sake of, of, of doing a deep chapter discussion each week, and also that like that is a real thing we, like we've had the we had the tesserae and so like now we've got the sponsors i hadn't put that together before but i was like oh it, this is like roman arena sponsorship stuff uh how that actually plays out in the hunger games i have no idea but like that that i can at least go like okay i probably could have put that together if i was reading this in one go um the one i will not <laughs> give a book is scoring because katniss Katniss flounces back to her her training apartment. Uh, great scene, by the way. I, I I did you catch that she um she gets her second elevator ride here? Yes. Which I thought was a great a great touch. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, she she like you know she storms back to her 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 apartment. She slams the door. She won't let anyone in. And then as she's like throwing herself on the bed to to cry she explains to us so the uh the capital assigns you scores based on how good you are at impressing the game makers and i was just like (laughs) hold on we hadn't heard anything about this before why not just say that before she goes to do the the thing to impress the game makers i know i know it's in such a weird spot because then she could it, be like, oh, I hope I get a... I'm never going to get a good score if they don't pay attention to me. <laughs> it's so... Yeah, we, we had, like, a weird lack of drama around this in the previous chapter because I didn't really understand what the mechanism of, of meeting the game makers was other than, like, why would you show them that you're good at anything? Did we just um, miss something? Like, I can't even believe that... I'm just like, did I miss a page or I something? I really don't think... I think this is the first mention of the scoring because... Uh, uh, the the way it's explained is so comprehensive. Um, 
Before that, though, they'll give me a score so low, no one in their right mind will sponsor me. That's what will happen tonight. Since the training isn't open to viewers, the game makers announce a score for each player. Like, they just, it's just, like, from the top, like, the wiki explanation for what the scoring is. I'm, like, flipping back through the book just to see if I missed anything. And I'm so pissed off because I'm just, like, the chariot scene. I'm like, it is fucking Gladiator, isn't it? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm so dumb. (laughs) (laughs) it's been so long since i watched gladiator and i've never known about gladiator times to be clear it's a good movie it is a great movie i remember really liking it 15 years ago or whatever (laughs) any any score stuff any scores back i i swear this is the beginning of it no i don't i don't see anything so yeah because it goes, it goes, it gives the audience a starting place for the betting that will continue throughout the games. The number, which is between 1 and 12, 1 being irredeemably bad and 12 being unattainably high, signifies the promise of the tribute. The mark is not a guarantee of which a person will win. It's only an indication of the potential attribute showed in training, often because of the variables in the actual arena. I'm just imagining her, like, saying this, like, while, like, keening and while wailing sobbing, and yeah. Yeah. <laughs> High-scoring tributes go down almost immediately, and a few years ago, the boy who won the game only received a three. This is, I, this is so emblematic of like my main problem with this book, and 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 this is this is just a, sh- a short aside because I think, on the whole, this 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 chapter improves on this exact problem I've had with it. But this paragraph here just shows exactly what I've been like trying to wrap my head around the past few chapters, which is that like. This book has so many fun ideas that it cannot wait to tell you. <laughs> uh, like every last nuance of the story, it will it will tell you as soon as possible, which is like really too bad because there's like this is a fun idea that they're scored and that like Katniss will expect a low score but get a high score. Like this is you know fairly like basic meat and potatoes like setup and payoff stuff but it's like the fact that it just immediately explains to us like the scores don't don't necessarily say who wins and actually a guy who scored really low won last time just like like just let just let those ideas just let those ideas come you know like we can experience those like expectation defiances as we read but instead cat is just says everything immediately right i mean like even in this this chapter we do get a scene at the dinner where portia the one of the stylists starts talking about how like people sandbag on purpose to get low scores Mm -hmm. and that's where i want that information katniss can give me the basics of like this is what the scoring is but the information about like how people manipulate it, how how useful it is, whether or not it's even like fair or 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 makes any sense. That stuff I want the characters to like talk about, right? And it just makes the, the this stuff very very frustrating. But on the plus side, we do get a lot of that in this dinner scene, which I think is fantastic. Yeah, I I yeah I really like the scene because um, it's the one where Effie is like serves them right or whatever and has to. Mm-hmm. has to be like oops i shouldn't have said that yeah it's uh, the, the the this is this is the moment where it like truly started clicking for me because it's like th- this is even even if it is fairly predictable that that like she's going to get a higher score than she's expecting 
Katniss like wallowing in this fear that she's going to get a low score and everyone's reactions to that and then like just like this is this was like so much more enriching character development stuff than we've gotten so far with them hanging out and uh uh, uh t- talking about that and kind of like trying to cheer her up about about shooting at the game makers all this stuff was really cute yeah and Hamish kind of gets to be the like I don't want to say like voice of reason, but he's the one that's just sort of unaffected by her story. And she's mm-hmm. comforted by that where he's just like, ah, well, it's too late to replace you now. So they'll probably just be fine with it. <laughs> they're fu- well, they're, the best part is that he says the thing that is the most right that cheers her up that also like should be should, that she should be the most worried about, which is where he's just like, oh, that, don't worry about that. They'll probably just make your life hell in the arena. Right. But I'm just like, yeah, that's bad. Oh, that's bad. Katniss is gonna have a bad time in there. Yeah. Um, but uh, but no, he's he's really fun. Um, he's being a total bore. He's calling her sweetheart. He's he's drinking. He's 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 being being kind of a shithead. And Effie, this moment where Effie, what is it? What is it? She says exactly. Uh, where she sort of like lets 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 the mask slip a little bit. Yeah, I think that Effie's stuff is really scary. Like, I I find myself, like, liking her a lot. Mm-hmm. Because she's, like, on our, on our side, right? And then that, I think that that's, like, the scariest part of this book so far. Because she's not. How'd she get that job? <laughs> <laughs> and and I, I, there's a part of me, too, that's, like, I'm a little scared for her, too. Because I, I think that she might have... A little bit of of like Katniss's worldview just coming from the opposite direction of like she doesn't get how bad her situation is either, right? Right. Um, I mean, she's yeah, like squealing at Katniss's high score and all of this, and I and I found the passage. It's um where Katniss is sort of lightening up a little bit and she's saying mm-hmm. like, oh, the, the one of the game makers tipped backward into a bowl of punch and um, Hamish guffaws and we all start laughing except Effie, although she, even she is suppressing a smile. Well, it serves them right. It's their job to pay attention to you and just because you come from District 12 is no excuse to ignore you. Then her eyes dart around as if she says something totally outrageous. I'm sorry, but that's what I think, she says to no one in particular. <laughs> It's so good. Like, she is a, like, a horrible, like, instrument of the capital. But also, I'm starting to get a sense of just, like, she either knows all too well how fucked she is, or she doesn't understand at all, right? And is just, like, uh, uh telling herself whatever she needs to to like convince herself that she's like the good guy in this situation right Mm -hmm. well yeah she's trying to help her win yeah she's trying to help her win she's happy that her contestant got a good score and and of course because of what her life is and 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 how everything is structured the lens that she is looking at this through uh this injustice that she's like telling katniss you know is like oh you know it serves them right it's still fully framed on like her job performance, right? Like mm-hmm. she's thinking about, oh, did they're ignoring you just because 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 you're from District Twelve? And it's like, yeah, and she's like, that's like your job, right? Is managing uh-huh. the District Twelve person? 
some great nuance to the characters here. Yeah. Um, no, I really enjoyed her. And I especially also super enjoyed her, um, her interview training scene as well. Yeah, me too. Um, that is, uh, uh, I, I guess we'll, that, that's skipping ahead a little bit, but, uh, uh, she, she is, I think that that might be my favorite individual moment in this chapter. Um, mm-hmm. Before that, though, we t- we talked about uh, uh, Effie and we talked about Hamish here. But um, what wh- do you think? There's something going on with Cinna here. Um, I have no. I mean, that's another mystery, right? Mm-hmm. I'm like, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, he's really nice, right? And you just like want to <laughs> like him, but it's like, what's your deal, man? He's really nice. I'm so it's the the <laughs> there's the part that's really funny when everyone's congratulating Katniss on getting a high score at the dinner. And, you know, Effie is like patting her on the back and Hamish is like, hey, you know, at a girl or whatever. And then Cinna like walks up to her and just says, the girl who was on fire <laughs> again. <laughs> The boy just, with the bread. The boy with the bread. And I was just like, okay, so is Cinna like a Pokemon? And he's just like saying that over and over again? <laughs> or is this like some code for, you know, is this a, is this an activation phrase or something? Like, why does he keep saying that so much? Uh, right. <laughs> I'm so curious. Because um, it, it could just be that he is the best at wearing the mask out of everyone and just like wants to do a good job and wants to sell Katniss as this like packaged rebellious spirit. And he wants to show off his dressmaking, but maybe there's something else going on there. I don't know. You're funny. Either way, so. right? yeah. yeah. You want it. You want him to be like a secret hero. Like he's a, he's like an underground guy or something. I could see. Yeah. It. There's gotta be an underground, right? Yeah. But like, do they have, I, I guess this is so so funny because this, this is less of a like um lore question I guess and more of me questioning whether Hunger Games is the type of story that has like that level of like mole in its like evil government operation mm-hmm. and I'm kind of like I don't know, maybe, maybe, maybe all these people are like, they, you know, they've worked their way up the ranks for years to, to, to do something at this Hunger Games, maybe. And I'm like, hmm. That'd be that sick. Sounds kind of, that, that, that's something that I like was not thinking about at all in the early chapters, because I was like, this is like the serious YA thing. Mm-hmm. But now I'm like, okay, this is like Jetson's Judge Dredd. I'm like, hmm, actually... <laughs> Maybe, maybe something crazy like that's going to happen. There's like a secret society of guys who have been have been working in the shadows in the in the capital. And they, they finally they finally got their agent here or something. I don't maybe. Yeah, I mean, either it's that or he's just like extra evil, right? Mm-hmm. He's like the most evil. He's like the most bought in, but he's like the nicest. Right. But that would be cool, too. This is a great situation of, like, I, I kind of happy either way there, right? Yeah. I mean, unless the novel is very weird and takes this, like, middle path where it's like, oh, they're bad, but they're nice. 
Like that won't <laughs> that won't work for me. A world, a, a land of contrasts, the capital. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, this uh, this training bit with Katniss. This is kind of like the longest chunk of the story, um, mm-hmm. and it's a really great scene. Uh, and I, I, like I mentioned before, I especially love this this back and forth between her and Effie. Um, which I think is another moment that really kind of, uh, uh, convinced me that there was something great going on here with mm-hmm. these characters. Um, uh, what, what do you, what do you, what do you make of, of, of Effie here and her, like her attempt to like teach, uh, uh, Katniss how to, how to act? Um, I think it's very... Um, sort of sweet in a in a weird way, right? And she mm-hmm. is is telling Katniss that she's got to fake it to make it. Katniss yeah. really doesn't want to, um, but Effie kind of like tells on herself, right? That she mm-hmm. is faking it all the time. Um, yeah, and we don't really know what that means yet, but it's a great moment. It's a great moment. And so here 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 is like a weird poll, but just thinking about the time this came out, um did this did this kind of strike you as at all similar to like that sort of wave in the 2000s of like princess fantasy fiction? Hmm. Like I mean, yeah, prin- I guess so. We've got Princess Diaries, like Ella Enchanted, that kind of thing, right? Yeah. This this like but but of uh, of course it's like sort of a like uh, a like uh, darker version of that. But this just this etiquette lesson is so dripping with contempt. Not for Katniss really, but just for like something. You can tell that she's holding something back, right? Um, mm-hmm. And whether it's something that she like has identified specifically that she's mad about, or whether it's just like this sort of like bubbling resentment about everything that's like below her surface um but it it just it just feels like a really nasty version of one of a a scene from one of those stories where like the the like the awkward girl is getting the makeover and is is learning all the like princess tricks but like effie's advice is just like "Mm, just just hold it in you know just right (laughs) it's pretty good yeah, yeah, I I really like this scene. I end up, um, I, I feel like, I don't mean this in a bad way. Mm. There, it gets close to, like, a not-like-other-girls thing. Like, mm-hmm. Katniss is just like, you know, I don't I don't wear high heels or, mm-hmm. or whatever. And I don't even, I don't think that's a bad thing at all. Um, but I, but it ends, there, it ends with Effie being like, well, you have to smile all the time. I'm smiling right now, even though I'm mad at you. And I feel like I end up identifying a lot more with Effie than I do with Katniss. It's a great moment. Yeah, it really is. I, I think that it, it is it is a deft expression of the kind of thing that, like, not like other girls' stories are trying to get at. Mm-hmm. In a way that feels, I think, like, truer to the characters. And, and just doesn't feel like author mouthpiece moment. No, yeah. And they have, I mean, their back and forth is great where Katniss is 
saying like she, she she won't pretend and Effie says well you have to you know I'm smiling at you and you're aggravating me and Katniss comes back and said yes it feels very convincing and basically calls her out and it's like you're not that great at pretending I always appreciate a story that like works in that sort of discussion about like uh, social politics and stuff between characters that feels like it is being discussed in the language that people would actually use in that situation. Mm -hmm. These are two people who like know what the problem is. And uh, maybe they, maybe they're conscious of it. Maybe they're, they, they're not, but like they are in that, that situation that they're in because of the forces that they like, can't quite identify and can't quite escape. Mm -hmm. She reminds me a little bit of Joan from Mad Men here. Mm-hmm. Did you ever watch that? It's been a while, but yeah. Yeah. Um, and Hamish's conversation with, with Katniss here is good, too. Although I think that it's it's funny that his job was content, and Effie's, Effie's is the content conversation. Right. Our job um, is content. Our, our job is content. Whoa. <laughs> if that's a line in the movie, that has to... We need that as, like, a sound drop for the podcast. Absolutely. That's going on the soundboard. Yep. Oh my god, speaking of soundboard, did you Discord has that now? I see the little button. (laughs) Haven't pressed it though. I promise I will not misuse it. Okay, okay. (laughs) I say evil, evil grin. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, uh, uh, Hamish Hamish's job was content, but I think Effie definitely has the real the real content here. Hamish is more just like, I don't know. <laughs> like, I, I I don't fucking know what to do with you. And Effie does. Effie does know how to make Katniss presentable, right? Again, it's like a very, very much like a gendered conversation. Uh, yeah, without. but then that makes me wonder, did Effie have nothing for PETA and Hamish came up with the content for PETA? Ooh, that would be interesting. Right? Yeah, that would make sense. Because Hamish is basically useless for Katniss. Completely useless. Like, he, he's very fun in this scene. And, like, like he does seem like he's actually trying, but he just cannot relate to her at all. Like, mm-hmm. he just cannot, cannot wrap, her, wrap it around, find a way to talk to her. It's, 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 it's sort of, like, distressing to watch. Like, um... It's like being just like stuck in a conversation with someone at work that you just like know is just just never going to go anywhere. But you have to be there. Right. The the worst, the worst feeling in the world. (laughs) It's 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 funny how he ends up being like the etiquette teacher when he says, like, try not to let the audience see how much you despise them, which is like (laughs) the actual etiquette lesson. Um and I also think that that's like a nice dovetail with the sort of like the, the the way Katniss is in over her head and just not noticing just how bad things are because like that that's sort of like the key to unlocking the like why are you popular thing and it's that like she's rebellious and peeling but she hasn't really said anything about the audience yet mm-hmm. and it's like she's a she's a like free spirit that those people can sort of latch on to and root for because she hasn't criticized them yet, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, ominous stuff. I, I, I really like that stuff. Yeah. 
we sort of skipped a bit, but I think it's really important. And it's a scene that you uh, highlighted, I think, when we were talking about the chapters. Katniss's Gale flashback. Yeah, this is the way to do it, right? It mattered to us. Um, I think that the conclusion of it, just jumping ahead, being her kind of reflecting and being like, oh, what I'm pretending to have with PETA is what I had with Gale, Mm -hmm. um, is like a good little thesis that wraps up the reason that we had that little flashback. And it, Mm -hmm. you know, it's... um, it's also a little bit of a question mark because what does she have with PETA, if anything? Mm-hmm. Um, no, it's it's well done. And it's like sort of a sweet story of um, them meeting and um, they and we get like more details of how they like came together to like share food and do hunting and kind of teach each other things. Um, and the reveal I, I can't even call it a reveal, but the information that both of their dads died in the same same mining explosion <laughs> yes. and they rode the elevator together and got medals together um, is like, uh, it's, it's an interesting reveal, right? It's mm-hmm. it's like, Oh, put a pin in that. Right. Um, yeah. Whereas no part of the, the helicopter harpoon thing felt that way, <laughs> even though it seems like it probably will come up at some point. Um, yeah. But I, I liked this a lot better. It's this is a really sweet little story, and I, uh, I, I just think that it, it it slots into the story where it is so much better. It's like her thinking about what she's left behind in a moment where that makes sense, and it's also I think I think the most crucial bit of it for me is when she imagines. Like she knows what Gail would say if if she told him that she got an eleven, mm-hmm. where he where she imagines him going like, oh, so there's room for improvement, which is like one just very funny, just a very uh, a, a good a good little joke, but also just like explains those characters so well and their relationship so well, and sort of is a way to illustrate her yearning for him or just that you know what she's left behind in a way that isn't it's a lot less explicit i think and on on the nose than some of the other flashback stuff has been like everything the flashbacks we've gotten before are like uh this reminds me of the time that a guy got shot with a harpoon in front of me and (laughs) uh this dandelion reminds me of a time that a dandelion gave me hope which has just been really clumsy i think but this is just like uh, 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 just a, a memory that she holds that is both unrelated and very related to the situation she's in um, that I just w- enjoyed a lot. It's very sweet. Um, I think I'm on Team Gale. Mm. I think the that's ship. a thing, right? Yeah, the ship, yeah. The, the Team Gale and Team PETA sounds like something that could be a thing. Uh. I'm so glad you brought this up uh, because the ship names are way better than that. Uh, uh, so I found this article the other day searching this up because I was, I was looking for a little bit of the um, um, uh, uh, like like what what the temperature was on the shipping stuff, right? Wait, and- gayness and penis? Yes. 
Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, and uh, there was an article, Josh Hutcherson, who's the actor who plays PETA in the movies, can't stop saying penis at the Catching Fire premiere. <laughs> Very good photo of him standing in front of some fans that say uh, Peteness Forever within him just looking a little flummoxed. <laughs> yeah, really good ship names. So you're yeah. you're you're you're, you're team gayness. I am. I am I am team team gayness. <laughs> gayness and penis. That's right. I guess they're I wonder if I'm allowed to have that as our episode title this week. I, <laughs> will SoundCloud yell at me? <laughs> Great question. Oh, yeah. Gayness and penis. No, I... Gail... Here's the thing. Gail is the deadest character that has been written in any novel ever. Um, but he's got swag. <laughs> yeah. He's got so much swag. He's he's smart. He's he's a he's a good shot. He's kind of cool and and disaffected, but not uncaring. You know, he's just the swaggiest guy on earth. So maybe he's gonna break into the Hunger Games. Ooh, he's gonna like he's gonna be like the fourteenth warrior in there. Like, yeah, that'd be fucking cool. Stealth Hunger Games contestant. Mm-hmm. Into it. Um. But yeah, I, I I thought that that was finally just a really, uh, really just like like finally a, a flashback that sort of like earned its place in the story. Uh, yeah. A lot of fun to read that. Um, now we've got my least favorite scene, I think, in the story before we get to the interview, um, which is this bit where. Katniss has a bit of a breakdown and the Avox comes to help her. Yes. I'm a li- I'm just it's a little it's a little too pat, I think. Um it's a little it's very neat and I don't think I needed again, this is what I was saying about like the story just never it, it can't wait to tell you all of its ins and outs, but like I don't know if I needed to know whether or not the Avox forgave her or not. Right. I think that that's a very interesting thing for a character to have, like, on the back of their mind and, and, and sort of a thing that, like, drives a character's purpose. And there's also just no getting around. Like, I know that Katniss is also, like, a tribute and she's, like, not, you know, like, she's not, like, uh, a, a, a real member of the Capital Society or whatever. But there's just no real way around the fact that, like... Even if it's only for like a few days or whatever, Katniss is sort of like extracting all the labor from the Avox, and so like having having the worker being like, "No, no, you're you're good," you know, we're the same. It's just eh, it's a little, yeah, it's just a little. I I I just I'd, I'd appreciate a little bit more friction between them, or just not knowing. Maybe I am going to assume that this. Avox uh, girl is going to end up as like a real character, but I I don't really have anything to base that on. Mm-hmm. I may, yeah may, maybe I'm jumping the gun here. Like if this if this comes up more, there's there because there's that that's the thing right? Is there's so much more to mine out of this relationship. I think. Mm-hmm. Like again, even even though Katniss is herself, you know, kind of under the thumb of the capital, it's just this is her servant 
right? Like this is this is not an equal relationship they have. Um, and it's very sweet of this person to be like showing her some some kindness and some solidarity. But at the same time, if 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 that harpoon story uh, is is really this traumatic event for Katniss and 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 also something that she worries this person might hold some resentment over. Like this is the reasonable thing and like the relieving thing for her to hear from the Avox or I guess to see, but like, I don't know if I needed that resolved so quickly and especially maybe not so, uh, so cleanly maybe. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's like that sort of element of like, like how dare you ask me to forgive you? Like, come on. Yeah. Yeah. This is your, like, she's like, like, like Katniss is, 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 you know, is also oppressed. She is going to be forced to walk into an arena and fight for people's entertainment soon. There's no getting around that. But like this person is like, this is like the punished prisoner. This is, this is the lowest of the low. And, and like the, the indignity of having to wait hand and foot on someone who watched like your brother or boyfriend or whoever it was get fucking like harpooned to death by a Jetsons <laughs> machine. I would just want a little bit more drama out of that. Even if this is like the kind, the, the, the grace that this character shows is unbelievable here. Right. right. Like, like uh, this, this is a conclusion that I could see them reaching after a book or two's worth of connection. But after like two days or whatever of like, oh, that w- that's just too neat, too neat for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, you know, it's 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 I, I get what it's going for. It's just I, I, I like any, any time a like uh, a, a servant is like, no, no, my lord, you you're like the same. It's <laughs> like, mm, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. But now we're on to the real roller coaster of the interviews um, featuring Caesar Flickerman. Yeah, I don't know how I left him out of my out of my summary. He's he's a real he's a charmer. He's got light bulbs on his suit. He's got light bulbs on his. Oh, my God. Speaking of suit, before they walk into the fucking interview space, Katniss is like talking about her own dress. That's this. You know, she's got this crazy bedazzled jewel encrusted gown that makes her look like she's on fire but not no no synthetic fire this time nope um but but pita pita quote looks striking in a black suit with flame accents (laughs) no he does not i (laughs) i I know that this is a book, but you can't. I just know. I know in my heart of hearts that Peter does not look striking in a black suit with flame accents. <laughs> <laughs> He's a waiter at the Guy Fieri Hotel. Are you kidding me? That is not a good. That is not a good fit. No way. No way. That looks cool. It kind of reminds me of like. RP accounts run by like 13 year olds and they like the like post like aesthetic like uh, filtered photos and be like this is what my boyfriend would wear to prom and it's like of the most absurd suit you've ever seen or like of 
the guy from Peaky Blinders or whatever, and you're like, no. <laughs> it's the, it's no. the, um, you ever see those, like, hoodies that have, like, the, um, the night helmet shape on the hood? And, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, things that were in my, like, to-buy bookmarks when I was 15 years old. Like, damn, <laughs> I looked so cool in this. Right. A black suit with flame accents. No, thank you. You could not get me in that at gunpoint. <laughs> hey, Katniss has got some um, fire designs on her nails. Oh my god, right! Yes, they match! She's got fire nails! Nail art. Very cool. Uh, but yeah, no, th- this, this scene is another moment of like what I wanted out of this book, which was just like a bunch of deranged future stuff. Uh, and it's, it's really entertaining. Caesar, Caesar is a really fun character to, to, to be around. Hmm. I think I'd be like Stockholm syndromed really easily because I am by the scene, right? I'm like, <laughs> so, I'm like so bought into it. And I'm like, this rocks. I'm so happy for Katniss um, getting to wow the crowd. And then I have to catch myself. And be like, no, that's bad. She got, she got such a cool dress and got to she show got it to off. She got to do a it's twirl. So, and so nice. she got to look into Cinna's eyes and tell her, tell him her responses. And mm-hmm. just a good old time. It it's was sinister. Yeah, it's, it's it's very sinister. And and I'm glad that it doesn't actually have sinister undertones, right? Like at no point does like I think the easy and cheap thing here would be to do the um the like uh the wacky dark humor thing where like Caesar would would be this nice like like sort of like polished TV host but he was saying stuff like like, you know, don't don't get shot out there or something. It's just like really like fallout humor type right. stuff. Yeah, I think would be really easy here. Right. Um, but it's not it's he is he is a gentleman all the way through. And I think that makes it that much scarier. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and weirder. And I appreciate it for having that restraint. Yeah, it's scary. Yeah. He's a great he's a great host. He he gets really good answers out of Katniss. Uh, the most you are being worked moment in the chapter is because of him, where he prods her enough to talk about um, uh, like, you know, my her sister back home and what she promised Prim. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so effortless for him to extract this like drama out of her that. Katniss, I think, doesn't, you know, this is a, she, she's talking about how, like, hushed the crowd is and how, uh, how serious she was when she's saying this. And she's like, she has just given them the thing, right? Right. And, and, like, if this isn't explicitly used against her, it is, she has, like, bought into this idea that, like, she has a narrative to control for them. Right. Um, and it's a very dark moment. And uh, Katniss doesn't get it. It's it's great. It's a really great moment. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that um, her telling her responses to Cinna is also just like so creepy that mm-hmm. that it's like she ha- she hates the audience, right? She she kind of says as much in the 
uh, scene, or doesn't say it, but she thinks it to herself when he, she's doing the training with Hamish, um, and that Cinna has stepped in and said, "Well, yeah, I know you hate, you despise them, but but I'm your friend, um, so you can tell me." Is mm-hmm. is very sinister. Yeah, that whole. If he's not part of like the secret underground, that is so creepy. Yeah. Right. Like this. This whole like. Oh well. I. You know. I would hope that you would consider me your friend. It's like no. You no. make. You make. You make like the 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 dress I'm going to be slaughtered in. That's crazy. You are not my friend. Um. But Katniss is fully bought in. It's it's great. He tells her to do the little twirl. He it's tells, crazy. He, he tells, yeah, he spins his finger around and she moves. Like, she is literally a puppet in that scene. Yeah. He's got to be the, the ma- evil mastermind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, the imagery there is so specific, right? Like, like she, she thinks she has a friend in this. And, I like, I... I just see it going two ways. Either he has like very ulterior motives and he is he is uh, he's like a secret good guy and he's like part of some resistance movement or whatever. And he's like orchestrating some crazy thing here. Or he's the most cynical out of all of these people that she's dealing with. Right. Right. Um, And only cares about his art and what he can get out of Katniss and sees her as like a stepping stone. Um. Uh, she's his ticket. She like she's his meal ticket here, right? Like, perhaps he is sinister. Ooh, pretty good. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, there is one thing here that I don't love, and Uh-oh. it is we we are we are introduced to uh uh not only um well, we, we're not introduced to rue but we get we get kind of her interview um and again uh rue is a character who is like bought in in the same way katniss has mm-hmm. in a way that's very sad uh and the audience finds that sad but again it's like but she's not criticizing them so it's like a sadness they can watch like through a window right like mm-hmm. um but i don't love the introduction of thresh as the only, like, so far, the only other, like, black tribute we know. Mm-hmm. Similar to Rue, uh, it mentions that he is dark-skinned, but also uh, a giant built like an ox, intimidating yeah. and stoic. It's not very good. Yeah. It's, yeah. The, I think the the only kind of way out of this is that it's, there's a bit where Katniss does mention, like, oh, he's, you know, he didn't really hang out with the other tributes and he didn't hang out with them at training. And like, why could that be? And it's like, well, I could see this if the story is like actually going to talk about like race at the Capitol, Hmm. maybe there's something interesting there, but Katniss doesn't have anything to say about it. um, Other than how big and scary he is. And in fact, she has this one really nasty, I think in context thing where she's like, she does the like, Oh, well, if I was, as big and scary as that guy, I could say what I wanted. Right. I think disappointing for a story that is this like politically inclined to just immediately dip into these like kind of tired racist archetypes with like, the, oh, he's the he's the big brute. Right. Yep. It's kind of weird that that hasn't been an issue in the story at all yet. Right. 
like we have this dystopian American future. Yeah. Where like not a single race issue has come up yet. Nope. Nope. Like, I hope that, that, that maybe he gets a little more to do, but I, I just didn't didn't love that scene. Um, and then after Katniss's like very, very serious explanation of um, the Prim story, I think the most like she has fallen for this hook, line and sinker bit is the back and forth she has with the game map game makers. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's so creepy. It's it's they play it like a like a Letterman bit or something mm-hmm. where he's talking to the band or something. Uh, and and they're like, no, no, she can't talk about that. Uh, and, and and everyone's laughing and she's kind of getting in on it. And, and I'm just like, Katniss, you are not in on the joke. You are you are you are not privy to the joke here. Katniss. Right. Yeah. It's it's so creepy. Mm hmm good it's the best distillation of what's worked for me in the world building in the story so far here Mm -hmm. really finally i think hitting its potential and a great ending for like a part like thinking of this story the way that it's it's organized as like a play with acts Mm -hmm. um and like just just we finally everything sort of all the drama has sort of finally revealed itself at the end here going into part two i i was overall quite happy with this yeah me too is there anything more in this chapter you want to discuss or or even the like this i guess chunk of the book as a whole like like thoughts on part 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 one um i have a question for you and it's what do you think is going on with rue ah her 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 like but watch out routine yep Yep. um i I I'm I'm sort of seeing it from two angles here, which is that one, she definitely like 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 one, she has something secret going on and she actually does have some crazy skill. Right. And like Mm -hmm. or or either a skill or like a secret um, motive, maybe. Mm -hmm. And that she is uh, I I think it's interesting that we've gotten this far where. um, uh you know, Katniss has sort of like identified like the crying ruse, right? Mm-hmm. But she's not willing to wonder if Rue is tricking them, right? Right. Um, she describes her very earnestly. She's like, "Oh, she, you know, her voice is so tremulous, and she seems so nervous, and she's so small." And she's I'm like, "She's a wisp." She's a wisp, and I'm and I'm just wondering if Katniss is maybe not. Uh, you know, if if she is like truly just like underestimating her, or is uh, I, I think the other angle that I could could see here is um, is Katniss sort of you know because I think Katniss looks at at Rue and is reminded of Prim. Um, mm-hmm. That's come up earlier because she sees like another little girl and she's oh she's so helpless and and it's so sad and and like something needs to be done, you know, something needs to be done to protect her or whatever. But like, I I think Katniss is ignoring the real parallel, which is between her and Rue. As someone who is not aware of just how deep in they are Mm -hmm. and how vulnerable they might be. I could see it kind of going either way. Right. But Mm -hmm. 
but I think that maybe this this image of like this 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 innocent little girl who doesn't seem to have fully grokked the fact that like she is going to die in a battle royale <laughs> is maybe more of a mirror for Katniss than Katniss has identified yet. Interesting. Yeah. What about you? What do you what do you think? I think she's gonna be evil prim. <laughs> she th- oh, evil prim? Ooh, yeah. that sounds cool. Yep, I think she's going to be like a cold-blooded killer. She's 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 going elf in lead mode. Exactly. You the, the, you, you you have identified the the Higurashi character here. Yes, I have. <laughs> Wishful thinking perhaps. Maybe, but I I see it. Yeah, I like that. She's she is like going to be the most ruthless like cuz <clears throat> thinking about that Katniss makes a big deal about describing, like, the career tributes, right? Mm-hmm. And then describes Rue, like, separately from them. Right. Almost like the book is trying to, like, not get us to lump those together. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that, like, maybe she's, like, super young, but she has spent those very few years becoming, like, the ultimate, you know, she's going Hannah mode. Yeah. Uh, maybe. Maybe. That's, mm. That'd be so cool. That's kind of cool. I could see it. I could see it. Yeah, a very in- interesting character so far. I there's a lot of layers there that I, and and not in a in a way where I'm like I'm not getting anything out of this. I'm just like I could see so many different paths for her where I'm right. Uh, least I think least predictable character so far maybe. Yeah, I do appreciate the, all of your thoughts on it. It's so smart and themes and parallels and all this. And I've just gone full elf in lead mode. <laughs> Okay, but hold on. Who who between us comparing those two two views on it? Who is closer to the reality of what <laughs> Hunger Games is? Well, here's this one for you. Rue, ruthless. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I'm coming Got around another to your one. side here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you you're you're thinking about you're meeting Hunger Games where it's at, which is pure pulp. That's right. right. Uh, which it is. I mean, like, like this is this is a more this, you know this is a creepy chapter and 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 some great world building. But this is uh, this is an issue of heavy metal. This is an issue of 2000 AD. Like this is this is this is pure pulp sci-fi now. And I'm and I'm mm-hmm. into it. I, I I love it. But yeah, I think maybe you have maybe the more measured and realistic <laughs> ap- approach here. Oh, I can't wait to see what weapons they get. I know. That's mm, the game. The next part is called The Games. I'm so ready for The Games. I'm so ready to read about strats. I'm so ready to hear about patch notes. Mm-hmm. There's a lot, there's a lot, a lot of potential in the games themselves that I'm very excited about. It's like, what map will they spawn into? We just don't know. Where are they going to land? <laughs> <laughs> will will Katniss and Peta land as a duo or or are they gonna lone wolf it? Right. Very, very interesting questions. Well, is there anything else you want to cover before we close the episode, or do you think uh you think we're at the end here? I think I'm good. All right. A, a, a high energy this week, a much better chapter this yes, time. Yes, yes. A lot more fun. Um Hope it, hope it continues improving. But for now, our theme song is currently 
Hot McGonagall by Cheshire Moon, who thanks to them as always for letting us use that as our theme song. You can find them on Bandcamp and you can find us at patreon.com slash streetcast. We've got lots of early episodes. We've got bonus episodes for you there, so on and so forth. And Liz, what will we be reading next time? We will be reading, we'll be starting part two of the games, and that is chapter 10 and probably 11. All right. Exciting. We're getting into it now. I'm, 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 I feel like I understand where this book is coming from now, at least like style wise, and I'm into it. Mm-hmm. Happy Hunger Games. Happy Hunger Games. There's a lady there, makes ocean rolls seem tame. Better know what you're after if you catch a eye. Cause this hot mama is just a cat in disguise.